listening to Courtside Convo, your source for the latest news, analysis, and discussions on the NBA. and welcome back to another episode of Courtside Convo. It's been a minute since we've been back in here on the campus of Michigan State University for Impact Sports. I'm your host, Carter Landis, once again here with Manit Patel and Liam Jackson. Guys, we just ended the NBA season, but we got another one right around the corner. Felt like the shortest offseason of all time. Yeah, um, it seems like since COVID started and that that long break, that was a really long break, but since then it seems like NBA has just been constant bubble, short off season again. Um, this last season was a little a seventy two game shortened season, but now um, the drafts back to um, normal uh, normal time. We got summer league this year, preseason starting soon, so it's just uh, never ending, which I love. The season had just ended, but like I was tuned into summer league. I was like, yeah, I want to, I want to, I want to watch all of this. I watched so much. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. Yeah dialed in as well i saw you guys were definitely dialed in 100 percent for Cade, he looked good he looked great i'm so excited to watch his him shot play. looked pretty oh it did yeah he pours it in there all right so we have a season preview episode for you guys we're gonna break down our standing predictions we're gonna break down who we thinks who we think wins what awards uh and then we're gonna talk about finals playoffs all sorts of things that we can get into. I think the first thing that we should talk about is one of the biggest stories in the NBA right now, and that's the uncertain future of Ben Simmons in Philadelphia. It seems that one thing is certain that he's probably not going to play another game for the Sixers. Not a lot of teams are jumping at him. Um, I think that his playoff performance uh, is probably the main reason why that's the case. It was just not good. You know, he he didn't provide a lot of anything on either side. Like defensively, that was his calling card. But we kind of saw Trey Young do whatever he wanted on the court yeah. in that playoff series. Um, so I mean, what do you make of it? Where what are any potential destinations for him? I think. I, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I think Ben Simmons is a he's a great floor raiser on a bad team. Um, he can get a a team who maybe is on the fringe of the play-in or the playoffs. He can get them there. And compete again, and maybe a tiny bit, and um, maybe win a game or two in a, in a first round series. But um, like on a team like the Sixers, who's trying to win a championship, he's just not that type of player. I don't think he's a championship player at this point in his career, and still very young. And I don't want to write him off as um, a player who can be that kind of caliber yet. But as of right now, um, if you're a contender, I'd think you stay uh, far away from from Simmons and not give up any assets to go get him. I agree 100. Um, he's like Liam said, a floor raiser. You know, he's going to make a mediocre team a playoff team, but he was not going to elevate them because he doesn't have the shooting you're going to need from an elite player. So, realistically, yeah, he's not going to elevate any team. I could see him, like, I, I don't know how I feel about the Kings, but that wouldn't be a terrible landing spot. Um, I want to see him in San Antonio, though. Mm. I just want to see what Pop can do with him. Um, maybe extend Pop's career a little bit as well as, you know, revive Simmons, but we'll see. He did lose eight in a quarter million today, I think, by not mm-hmm. showing up. So he's kind of running low on options. I think you can look at it from a diff- couple different angles. I think recency bias will have people forget about, like, the at the basis, what type of player Ben Simmons is. But that recency bias is also really important because it was really inexcusable, the playoff performance. Yeah. He just did not impose himself on the court at all. The free throw shooting in the game where they were up by almost 30 ended up killing them, and they lost. But the thing about Ben Simmons is he's a tremendous defender, great floor general. He's a good passer. He can grab that rebound and push in transition. He knows where guys are supposed to be. 
but the 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 lack of offense will always be a glaring issue with him as a player and the fact that he will never improve it or show any type of willingness to improve it is going to harm him especially as you can see with his trades and I like what you said about the Kings I think there'd be a lot of ball handlers there with Halliburton Darren Fox um I think I don't think Mitchell would be a would be a ball handler I think he's just more of a disruptive guard right now in his career but they his value guards for it just doesn't make sense as a trade option and it's like the one that's been consistently coming up and I don't understand it his values in the ground yeah and that's it's you know he came out and said this stuff about him and Embiid he thought that Embiid's play style was what they were going for in Philly um and that just didn't work for him um and Embiid came out and said that was kind of disrespectful. I don't know if he said if it was disrespectful towards the media or if it was disrespectful towards him and Simmons and their relationship. I think both guys have been pretty candid about it. Yeah, it's been interesting to hear both of them talk, even Doc Rivers too, try to walk back what he said at the end of the that playoff series. That's but, yeah, yeah. I think we all agreed the second Rivers said that Simmons yeah. was unfortunately it, but done. I, it's mm-hmm. it's hard to call him a a bust at this point because he's so young and he has um he's not he's he's he's, he's a bust yeah he's accomplished so many things that so many nba players wish they could but there's yeah. the expectation of him coming out the talent that he has he should be in the position he was in with um a player of mvp caliber like Embiid, uh doc rivers as your head coach talent around you like that's got to be a team that you can't lose to you can't lose uh game seven at, at home in the second round of the playoffs as the one seed um Especially with Trey Young shooting what six of twenty three. Yeah, yeah, it was his like worst that? game of the playoffs up to that point. Until the end, he made a couple of big shots. But throughout the game, um, first of all, you shouldn't be in a game seven against that team. No offense to the Hawks. But no, you're the, right. The Sixers were a better. They were a more talented team, and at that point, um, and they had the best player. Um, well, a healthy Embiid is the best player on that court. Trey Young was the best player in the series. But you, you just can't. You can't lose that. And it was on most of it. Ben, ben Simmons didn't take a shot in the fourth quarter of the last like three or four games of that series. Yeah. And if you're if you want to be the second best player in a contender, that literally cannot happen. It was, it was pretty anemic, honestly. It was hard to watch. Yeah. I think it brings up an interesting point: the fact that Ben Simmons says that he and Joel Embiid didn't work well together. If Simmons is dealt, and the Sixers look to bring in somebody who does play well next to Embiid, who could that be? Whether my, it's whether they can actually acquire that player or not, who would they be my ideally favorite, looking for? My favorite semi-realistic option would be, and I don't think it's going to happen, but I, I think C.J. McCollum would be a lot of fun. It's the first one and I thought of. Yeah, that's been talked about a decent amount. C.J. McCollum could spread the floor, handle the ball a little bit, um, even play a little pick and roll, pick and pop with Embiid. I think that'd be a lot of, a lot of fun, a lot of a lot of action you can run with a team like that. So I think McCollum was the first one that came to mind, and I think that. Um, he might not be as talented of a player, but he's a much better fit in Philly. CJ McCollum was a very underrated player, I will say. Um, he's definitely one of the better shooting guards in the league, and you know his style would be. Uh, I again agree with Liam. His style would be perfect for playing with Embiid, spacing the floor, getting the shooting that they need. Still, just the kind of package they need. Um, and it would also help out Dame too, I think. Um, for Portland. You know, training away, just swapping CJ for Simmons, maybe even if they send a first-rounder back, because I think Philly's getting desperate at this point. Um, you know, just juice as much as you can out of that trade. And McCombs used to being second fiddle on a team, so he wouldn't probably wouldn't have a problem with Embiid being the main focus after playing with Dame for so long. Exactly. I think if it worked for Philly, uh, Joel Embiid is your best player. That's hard for a lot of teams to stop. Oh, but. Yeah. You know, I I think some. I mean, if Embiid doesn't get hurt, there's a decent chance he wins the MVP last year. Like he was that good, um, and I think Maury's gonna want to maximize this window right now because you never know how how long Embiid's gonna be able to stay healthy. And then also another two other players who I don't think that they would get, but if seasons go south for either of these teams or things happen, Zach Levine or Bradley Beal. Mm. Um, Zach Levine's good. Yeah, that would be good. So if and I I don't think that would happen, but if you never know things crazier things have happened things could change so um i think those two players would be two types of players the sixers should look at if uh and maury's always the one always one of the gms that'll just go all in on some players if he really believes in it and he'll throw the kitchen sink at those teams so seems like the 
the project that they had with Embiid and Simmons, it in theory really should have worked, but I think egos, inflated egos kind of got too big and they just boiled over and it didn't work in Philly, at least with Simmons, because I think they're probably going to try to stick it out with Embiid. I think they should. I think they, I, I don't think there's a, Embiid's been all you could ask for more. I think I don't think anything, any fault falls on him um, at all. So I think that that's who you should have built around two years ago, probably got rid of Simmons two years ago. I get why they didn't, but hindsight's always twenty twenty. But um, you could have got a lot out of them then, and just imagine where they'd be with Embiid and shooters and playmakers around him. Um, it'd be a lot of fun. Kind of just seems like it hasn't really worked in Philly. So we will get into it. We're going to predict who we think are the top teams in the East. Um, so I'll start with mine from one through ten. We include those nine and ten now because that's the playing game. Uh, I have the Nets number one. The Bucks are right after them. Uh, and then I have, you know, I'm a little biased, but I think the Hawks are a top three seed in the East right now. Uh, I have the Sixers behind them. I still think they'll be generally good. Uh, the Heat, and then I have the Knicks. And then the play-in group is the Pacers, the Celtics, Bulls, and Hornets. That is my top of the East. Um, you guys can go ahead with yours, and then we'll talk about teams that were higher on than most. Uh, and then teams that were a little bit lower on than most guys. So for my East, 1 through 10, I have the Bucks, Nets, Heat, Celtics, the Hornets at 5, the Bulls at 6, Hawks at 7, Sixers at 8, Knicks and Pacers. All right. For me, I got Nets 1, Bucks 2, Sixers at 3, Heat 4, Hawks following them. 6, I got Boston, 7, New York, 8, um, Pacers, then nine, ten, Bulls, and then I have the Wizards in at ten. All right, so Liam, what team are you a little bit higher on than most people in the I, East? I think I like what the Heat did this off season. Um, I like Kyle Lowry. Um, he's a winner. Um, I think they just have a lot of. Obviously, we always talk about Heat culture, and some people talk about it at nauseum, and sometimes it gets talked about way too much with whatever with Jimmy Butler and stuff. But I do think that they. They're going to play hard. Bam, I think, is going to take a step forward this year. He, he, I think um, last year I thought – I think he's going to take the step forward. I, this year I thought he would last year. I think he'll, um, he'll shoot a little bit more. And, yeah, I just like what they did, um, bringing back Duncan Robinson as well, one of the best shooters in the NBA in recent history. And, um, they, I mean, it was the bubble. They did make the finals two years ago. And they, um, but before this year they were the team that uh, people were would trash the Bucks and Giannis about because they couldn't get past them. So – I don't think that um, that was a fluke necessarily, them getting to the finals, and I don't think they'll get to the finals this year, but I think that they'll make the playoffs again and put up a better fight once they're there. Um, I'm personally higher on the Hornets this year. I'm going to stick within the division, but um, I like the coaching there. I think losing LaMelo was even more of a loss than like it felt like because they were in prime position with LaMelo there. They were still fifth or sixth when he was healthy. They were hanging around. And I think the connection between him and Miles Bridges is nuts. Um, they didn't really have any big signings, but I think the chemistry on that team was really good. And if they can bring that back, super underrated aspect. We saw it kill the Sixers, um, but it can propel the Hornets to a fifth seed, in my opinion. I like what they did. They kind of cleared up a little bit of the log jam that they had at the guard position where yep. they had uh... – Devontae Graham, they sent him to New Orleans, um, so they let LaMelo and Terry Rozier kind of take charge in that spot. Bridges, I think, will take another big leap forward as he did last year. You know, he only keeps getting better. Um, I really like their draft, adding Book Knight and, uh, and Kai Jones. Book Knight was a great pick. That's going to be awesome for them. They add, I, And then Kai Jones gives them a, a guy who can play. I think he's kind of a mismatch at either big man spot. He can play the four or the five. They got him later. Yeah, they, they should have been able to, too, so. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm also high on the Hornets. I think uh, they were one of those teams that I was thinking about putting for mine. But the one I went with is the Indiana Pacers. Um, the Pacers are just kind of that team we think of as perennially like a, a, a mid-level East there. seed. They're just there. Like they're always just kind of lock in as like a four or five or sometimes kind of lower. I actually have them lower on here, but some people might think that they might not be a playoff team. But they're just such a like a well-rounded good nucleus and this team I think doesn't give me anything else to to think of and then the addition the hiring of Rick Carlisle 
a guy who knows how to win in this league. And then, you you know, you have Sabonis and Malcolm Brogdon. They're just a roster full of solid guys. Uh, they still have Turner and Sabonis. Those two, those two will kill front courts. McConnell's there. Malcolm Brogdon, of course. Uh, they added Torrey Craig, a uh, quality player. Jeremy Lamb is a guy I like. Karis LeVert as well. Uh, they added Chris Duarte in the draft, a great shooter. So that'll beat some teams from beyond the arc. And a, I think a wild card, a bit of a wild card for their team is Goga Bitadze, their 2019 first-round pick. He hasn't really lived up to that billing yet, but he's got a lot of talent, and I think he's starting to figure it out. Um, and, of course, a guy I've always been a fan of is TJ Warren. That's a guy who can score. Hopefully they, he gets healthy. Yeah, and they added Isaiah Jackson as well, another guy I was big on in the draft. So this Michigan, is a team... man. Yeah, this is a team that... This is a team that can surprise some people, I think. I have them sitting in the seventh seed, and that's just kind of based on how it went last year. But if this group can play well together with uh, Carlisle in charge, that could be a team that uh, that surprises some people and maybe is a little bit higher in the East. And maybe they actually come out of the first round or, or, or the second round even this year. Probably not, but you never know how the NBA goes. Um So we'll move on. We'll talk about teams that were a little bit lower on in the East. Um, Liam, who do you have on there? That's a weird one for me because we were talking before. I think the Knicks had a decent offseason, um, but I think I'm still a little bit lower on them. I saw a stat that they were like a they had the best shooting luck, like teams uh, shot worse against them on average than most other teams in the NBA last year. And their defense is still very solid. Tibbs a great regular season coach, and I think that they'll they'll make the playoffs again. I just don't trust Tibbs um, in the um, in the playoffs, and they were so fortunate with that like. Um, how healthy they were going into the playoffs, That's, yeah. which is un which is uncharacteristic for a Tibbs team. So I just um, I have a feeling that they're not going to be as healthy going into the playoffs, and um, that New York they were ahead of schedule, and then I feel like a, another bad playoff performance that New York Meet is going to get a, uh, after them a little bit. So yeah. I think that's a, that's a weird situation. So I'm a little bit lower on them. I just don't trust them as much as some other teams. I agree. I think the Knicks were in a weird spot last year trying to compete. Um, I don't think they should like. Whatever happens, happens. But it's not ideal because they weren't fully done with their rebuild yet, and now they're trying to like half accelerate it and piece together a playoff team, which is gonna be harder to do in a season that's a little bit more normalized than what we had last year. So, I'm also low on the Knicks. I think Kemba was a good addition. He's gonna run that point guard spot really well, and you know, improve defensively, which is a big thing he needs to do. Um, and, then, and less Alfred Payton minutes. Yeah, <laughs> less Alfred Payton minutes. You could see Deuce McBride. Exactly. So, like, I just think the Knicks, um, not really there with the other teams, didn't as improve as much as they should have over the off season. if they wanted to compete. They kind of were like, okay, we'll just stick with the complacency and add Kemba Walker. And I don't think that's enough of a move to propel them any higher than they were last year yeah I think I think uh Kemba and Evan Fournier are offensive upgrades from what they had because obviously outside of Derrick Rose there wasn't a lot of offensive production from a lot of guys and I think that'll help him but I agree with you that I think overall it hasn't really moved the needle for him uh the team that I'm a little bit lower on than most people is Boston a lot of people have projected them pretty high uh, I don't know like where that comes from because outside of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. This roster is just not shambles. It's just not very good. Bad. And I'm a fan of Ime Udoka, but he's a first year coach. Um, so it's gonna take some time for him him to adjust. But I mean, this roster doesn't have a lot of guys. It's not super deep. Like Neesmith is good. Uh they added I mean, Pritchard is is good. Marcus Smart, Grant Williams, and Robert Williams are 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 pretty solid quality players, but I, I, I don't think this team is very good. Like, I just don't think this roster scares anyone. I don't think it, I don't think it strikes fear in anyone on a schedule. That wing tandem is just, I, I think that wing tandem is good enough to carry them. Right. If they stay healthy. <laughs> and, and Marcus Smart. Yeah. I think they're, I think they're solid. I get where you're coming from and I don't think that they're close <laughs> to contending, but um, I think I'm higher on the Celtics than, than you are, but I, I, totally understand where that's coming from agreed i i also don't see it really i don't see a great big man on this roster i see 35 year old al horford 
Ennis Cantor. I see Luke Cornett. They should have. I mean, kept Robert him. Williams. Robert Williams is probably going to be their starting center, and he's yeah. good. I wish they would have kept Moses. Moses Brown. Yeah, I like Moses Brown. They have Sam Hauser. That could be a guy. You know, he could just shoot. He's a six-seven shooter. That could be a guy who yeah. ends up being good. But I, I just don't see it with Boston. Um. So that is our East predictions. We'll move on. We'll talk a little bit about the West. Uh, so with my West one through ten, I have. Utah winning the West again, kind of, at least having the one seed. Uh, then the Lakers behind them, the Suns at three, then the Nuggets at four, Warriors are five, Clippers six, Memphis Grizzlies at seven, the Dallas Mavericks at eight, the Portland Trailblazers at nine, and the Spurs at ten. All right, so Liam, what do you got for your standings? Um, I have the Lakers at the top, Suns, Jazz, the same top three, different order. Same top four because I have the Nuggets at four. Um, Grizzlies, I have at five, Warriors, six, Mavs, seven, the Clippers, Blazers, and Pels, uh, eight, nine, ten. Not bad, Manit. I have the Suns, one, Lakers, two, Jazz, three, Nuggets, four, Warriors, five, Mavs, six, Clippers, seven, Bl- Grizzlies, eight, Blazers, nine, Pelicans, ten. All right. So... The team that I'm a little bit higher on, I think, in the West. Well, first, I think I would, I would, I'll, we'll talk about the Lakers a little bit. It's hard for me to see them being anywhere near what they were towards the end of the year last year. They didn't get everybody healthy. I mean, obviously, the guys that they acquired or signed this this off season, uh, yeah, they're a little bit older. But they, I think, Carmelo, when he said it was right, these guys do know how to play the game and they do know how to win. So I think that that will provide uh, some sort of. Uh, help for them going forward um but i don't know i it's it's hard for me to see the lakers winning a title this year i think i mean having lebron and a healthy anthony davis really probably makes them west favorites to actually come out of the west um the thing about westbrook is like lebron is probably gonna be ball dominant right and when has westbrook ever played off ball much less been an effective off ball player it's, i it's, i an interesting move, I think. Getting Russ, like Russ, is one of my favorite players. Mm-hmm. That dude's a baller, but I didn't like it. For the I, Lakers. It's, it's a weird fit. It's a weird fit. I, I first I didn't like it, but if Anthony Davis plays five, the five, then I don't hate it as much. That's um, and that that's that. that's yeah. and he's uh they're talking about him playing the five, and even though I know Anthony Davis doesn't love calling himself a center, mm-hmm. and I think that they're gonna be a great regular season team i don't know how much i trust russ in the playoffs but we saw russ last year in the regular season carry that wizards team at the end of the year and um i think that he'll show a lot of flashes again in the regular season but once we get to the playoffs i just don't know if he's even like on a closing five group of that team in a playoff game like um i think with his shooting and his like his defense people give him a lot of credit for his defense but if he doesn't do much unless he's on the ball off the ball he's not a good defender at all he's lazy yeah and um, he's explosive and everything, but I just don't trust him in the playoffs. But in the regular season, I do trust him, so that's why I have them at the top of the West. What do you think a closing uh, unit would look like? I don't even – I can't at the even – At the one. Just LeBron, AD, and mm-hmm. shooters. I don't I don't, I don't. even know if they throw a real true point guard out there. I, well, probably not. I mean, if you want LeBron to uh, do something. it's Outside of a couple of those names like Carmelo and Westbrook, I think there's some quality guys on here. I mean, they brought back Trevor Ariza. Kendrick Nunn. They got Kendrick Nunn. Nunn was a good pickup. Taylor Horton Tucker is back. They Some brought people White are and Rondo. super high on THT, and I think that I think Horton Tucker is a solid player. Mm-hmm. But it's the way some people have been talking about him is kind of a little bit crazy for right now. I think, but I, I think agree. I, I do think he's a solid rotational player for sure. I just I don't understand how they traded what they traded for Russell Westbrook. Like, I didn't get it either. What? I. Genuinely, what is the Washington front office doing? <laughs> I th- I thought Washington got a, a decent haul for him. Like he he, I don't think he was gonna want to be back there. He no. there was reports that he want he told Beal to leave too. He wanted Beal to come with him wherever he went, or he wanted Beal to just leave. And I think I think Washington did all right for themselves. I think they had a decent off season. They got and they got Dinwiddie too. And I think that Dinwiddie might be Dinwiddie um, was a good pickup. Yeah, if Dinwiddie gets back to playing how he was before that it, with. They're a deep team too now, so with the depth, I think that's why I have them at ten in the East, not to go back to the East, but I don't think they I think they did all right for themselves in that trade. Yeah. That's yeah. fair. And Kuzma was putting up numbers when he wasn't playing with LeBron and I think that he 
I don't know. We'll see if they were empty stats or not. But off the bench, he can he can still score the ball. Like I don't think that's. I think he's in a better situation now where he doesn't have to just sit in the corner on offense. But I think he is a talented. He gets a lot of hate, but I think he's a talented offensive player. So I do think he's going to get more of an opportunity. Oh yeah, in Washington, he could be that guy that. And not as was. much, not as much pressure on him in Washington. So yeah, yeah. not as much eyes, not as much media attention. Yeah, he could use he could use a little uh, break from all that media attention. I think. Yeah. Uh-huh. So the team that I'm a little bit higher on in the uh, West is the other team in LA, and that's the Clippers. I think I've always stuck up for the Clippers in in like during this podcast. I don't know why, but like they just kind of have always been that team. I feel like is just it's they're go- they're a good team, and people act like they're like the Kings or something. You know, people love to uh, trash on Paul George, and this is going to be his team now with uh, yeah. with Kawhi out it's for a long time, and true. Kawhi being out is definitely going to be a problem and they might not be great but they m- are probably getting a healthy Serge Ibaka back uh Batum and Luke Kennard were guys who contributed a lot another guy who's probably going to play a lot uh because of the injuries uh to Kawhi is Terrence Mann and he had a really he had a good, good he had playoff. a great playoff performance yeah. uh that was a great find closed out uh, the Jazz the series for him yeah, he did. Like, what do you have? Like, forty points or something? Thirty nine. Thirty nine. Okay, so he had basically. And he also 40. dunked all over Gobert. Oh my that gosh, was that filthy. was crazy. Yeah. And also, Reggie Jackson played really well. Reggie Jackson in that played series. extremely well. It was like, it was uh, big for them to bring both him and um, um, Batum back. Mm-hmm. I thought Batum and the Batum with the Lakers, I thought would be a great fit. But um, he said he wanted to stay. He took a pay cut to stay with the Clippers. So testament to them and um. He's he, he they played small ball five with him a lot uh, with Batum at the five and that 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 lineup was uh, tough to defend for a lot of teams so it's a big big uh, resigning for them. I agree. I think they had a good off season. I just don't know how much, like how highly I think of that team without Kawhi. It's gonna be tough. It's, it's gonna be really tough, especially over regular season. Like, I'm you picked them on your higher side. I picked them on my lower side. Okay. Um, I'm higher on the Mavs personally. I think Dallas is in a good position. <laughs> That's my other one. I think Dallas is in a good position to win. Um, I do think Kristaps will get traded by the trade deadline. Um, for a bigger piece that'll be rumored eventually to drop like on the market. But um, I think Kristaps will get traded. I think the Mavs are a good team, ready to make a run. Um, Luca just needs it. He's gonna make it happen. He'll will it. I think the team that I'm high highest on, or higher on the most in the West, uh, is Memphis. Just like it was hard to, it was hard to watch that uh, playoff that John Moran had, and not just. It's hard for me not to think he's gonna break out in an even bigger way this year. Exactly. Uh, staying healthy all year, hopefully. I mean, he had a record-breaking first playoff, um, just scoring the ball, and beating the Warriors in the playing game was also just. Um, in Golden State was just a crazy impressive feat, and um, they got they've drafted really well. They got a, got a lot of good role players, so I think Ja will. Um, that's why I have them. I think I'm a fifth or sixth. So I think Ja will carry that momentum into the regular season and hopefully stay healthy. It'll be good for them to have uh, Jaron Jackson back healthy. So hopefully he can stay healthy for the whole year because he and Ja just play so well off each other. And I I know they have Stephen Adams now, but I hope mm-hmm. hopefully um I think that. Valen- losing Valanciunas and hopefully allowing Jaron to have more space um, to work in- on the court instead of playing them together will be good for him because they kind of just had Valanciunas parked out there and then parked down there and then um, Jackson was kind of just floating around the three point line a lot, setting screens and then popping. I think that um, they- if they utilize him a little better, he could really he could really have a big year. They could use him in that small ball five kind of role. Yeah, I know he's like a- I know he's like a seven footer, but I mean. Yeah, he's more he, of a yeah a thin seven foot. He's more of a, he's more of a stretch guy, but I mean he's super talented. Yeah, you can still get to the rim and make things happen. We saw it here at MSU mm-hmm. and some flashes um, in the NBA. But yeah, if, I think if he's given more uh, space to work um, with him and Ja, I think that very athletic tandem, and that'd be a lot of fun to watch. They did add Zaire Williams in the draft. That's um, that was a good pick. I loved Zaire in the draft. Yeah, um, if he pops, that's a huge piece for. He them. could be exactly. something good. He could be something special for sure. Um, so the team that I was a little lower on, as I said, was the Mavericks. Um, and it's it mostly comes back to just Jason Kidd being their coach. I think that Jason Kidd has just been really a poor coach in both Brooklyn and Milwaukee when he was there. You know how that, that book came out 
about you know the things that he he did, the cultures that he tried building uh, in Milwaukee that just were just awful environments to be around. Uh, I know that I know that Dallas is kind of his his former place that he played, and he's gonna get on Luca a lot. I. I I just don't know how how good this team can be with Luca being their one, and then their the it drops off to like probably Kristaps. Yeah, I I agree. Just with the kid thing, the only thing that might save um, Jason Kidd is that Luca was the one that um, vouched for him, so that helps that helps a little bit. But I still don't love the the hire, but we'll see. I didn't like it either. I'm a Rick Carlisle fan personally. I thought they should have kept him and maybe switched out the GM if they needed to do anything to that roster, but or to that front office. This is, I mean, yeah, and this roster is just not super great either. I mean, it's full of a bunch of guys who are not super consistent. I mean, how how far are you going with like Dorian Finney-Smith and Tim Hardaway Jr. playing these Key significant minutes for you? Yeah, like I personally would like to see Tyrell Terry this year and Josh Green. I want to see those young guys play. They have Nicola Melli. He can shoot. They added Neil Aquina. I don't know what that's worth, but he he can play. He's he's a good defender. He, he's added yeah. that. They signed uh, Reggie Bullock. I know that. So if he can be a consistent shooter, which he was not in the playoffs for Knicks last year, but I you know I I it's just it just comes back to the Jason Kidd hire. I think that's gonna for the most part be bad. I just don't I just don't see it with that. Liam, who are you lower on in the West? Um, I hate to do this because I'm I, I'm a fan of pretty much every team. There's not many mm-hmm. teams I hate, but Dame's one of my favorite players. I love the Blazers. I just they've just been stuck in the middle for so long in the West, and they made that Western Conference Finals. I know, but they got swept by the Nuggets, who just went on and got or they they got beat by the Nuggets, who went and got to get swept, went on and got swept by the Suns. New coach and Chauncey Billups. Um, little controversy surrounding that. Uh, just like. I don't know. I just don't. I'm not as high on the on the on the Blazers this year. And no slight against Dame. He's second best point guard in the league, in my opinion, behind Steph, and um, one of my favorite players in the league. It's just that team just seems like they haven't. They've just been stuck where they are for a while in the West. A lot of young talent coming up in Ja, Luca, the um, the Warriors. Hopefully, should be healthier this year. Um, Nuggets got better. Suns and Jazz broke out last year. I just I feel like there's teams just they're staying the where they're at and teams are just kind of um might that this might be the year that they get past and uh they might slide to the play in. So I think that that would be cause for concern as, as a Blazers fan. I I mean that's where I had them too. I had them at I have them in the nine. I, I, so I, I too. so I think they'd end up playing the Spurs. I think the Spurs I think time is also just past the Spurs, but yeah. The 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 Blazers are just in that weird position where Dame and CJ want to stay together, and they want to keep playing for a championship. Together. But they've only, yeah, but they've only not been knocked out of the first round ceiling, once. Right. Which we've seen already. So it's unfortunate. Like, do you keep Damian Lillard and try to rebuild and then just, like, waste years of his career? It's tough. It's not like Matthew St- It's kind of like a Stafford situation, honestly. And I that sounds, way, yeah, though. that sounds pretty Except accurate. the Blazers are a much better organization than the Lions. Very much so better run. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, it's almost like a Matthew Stafford situation where, like, you've made the playoffs a couple times. I mean, they've obviously made it more than a couple times where the Blazers have. But, like, you never were able to take them next step beyond the playoffs, beyond the first round. And you're retooling a roster consistently, trying to contend while you're finishing lower. Like, it's just... A weird spot for them yeah they're in an awkward position and hiring a new coach that dame wanted right he wanted he did want but he then there was the allegations that came and then the media and um the team didn't handle it handle that um information very well so that might have that may have passed i'm not sure how, what's going on in portland now but i do remember that was an issue for a little bit yeah i i, I don't think anything actually came of that I, yeah. think, I think chauncey kind of owned up to it in a pretty diplomatic way and then that was kind of it. Yeah. So we will move on to our final section. We're going to talk about who we think wins what awards. We got MVP, Rookie of the Year, Six Man of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, Most Improved. We'll give our finals predictions and who we think wins uh, finals MVP. I'll start with my MVP. I think it's Giannis this year. Um, I know that there's uh, like 
the media fatigue with with giving guys so many MVPs. They like to switch it up. Somebody else comes up and has a has a good season, and they don't want to give it to a guy who's gotten it a couple times before. But I think that it's going to be hard for them to ignore Giannis because every single year he's gotten better, and I don't see that stopping this year. Yeah, I mean he 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 added a jumper in the playoffs. Like his post game continued to improve. He had uh, an off season to improve that jumper that he added to. It's he scored fifty to close out the Suns in those last game that he played who's, in the NBA Finals. So I mean, like, where does that stop? You know, I think He's that being, was easily one of the greatest Finals performances. Oh, hundred percent. Like, where does it stop? Like, I don't think you can. There's no. That, there's only been like one or two players who have accomplished what he's accomplished at this point in his career. Like, there's no limit to what he could be. So, yeah, yeah. it's it's kind of scary to think about it now at such a young age. What is he still, like, 26? Yeah, he's, like, 26, That's something like that. That's ridiculous to think about. So he's still he's also one of the best. And he's still one of the best defensive players in the league, too. Yeah. I thought about putting him for defensive player of the year, too. But I see him, like, easily averaging 30 points a game this year, especially if his offense, if his jumper has continued to improve. I mean, you know, he was beating the Suns with that face-up jumper, knocking down a couple threes, not at a consistent rate that I think he wants to be at yet. But if he takes, it's still respectful. If he takes five a game and makes one and a half on average, that's good enough. I mean, it could be better. Like, but um, if that's what he was basically at. He was taking four or five a game, making one and a half a game. So I mean, that's if he can just improve on that a tiny bit, then he'll be in a good spot. It's ridiculous to think what he could continually become. And it's it's gonna be, I mean, he's just an absurd player. What he's able to do at his size, at his young age, and then finally putting all like silencing all the haters and the doubters of everybody, like all the skeptics. He he put that all to bed, won the title, won Finals MVP, and still continues to get better. So I mean, it's I think it'd be hard for me to to go against him as the MVP. Who do you have for yours? Um, I've got Kevin Durant just because it just could be recency bias just like I had with the Grizzlies but the last I saw of him he was the best player on the floor in the playoffs like in that buck series playing all 48 minutes a year after tearing his Achilles so I don't what's to say he can't do that for not 40 minutes again whole season but like mm. what's to say he can't stay healthy and play at that level for a whole season and I I think as of right now if I had to pick the most like best most talented player in the NBA right now I think he'd be my pick and I think if he can stay healthy he will um I think the Nets will be hungry this year um, just last year they kind of got. I know Kevin Durant wouldn't blame it on injuries, but and you could say this for a couple of teams. But um, if they uh, if his foot's behind the line against the Bucks, they probably win the the finals too. So mm-hmm. they're so close, and um, I think I think Katie's gonna get it done this year. Mini, who you got taking home the hardware? Luca. I you guys all know my love for Luca. I'm sure everybody who listens knows it too. Um, I. I think Luca's gonna have a good year this year. Um, he's just gonna do what he does. Average a triple double, you know. The basics. Just the basics. Just, just the, the basics. Just the average Luca, you know. Just, yeah. just getting separation. Throw, throw a three. couple really nice passes here and there, you know. Beat guys off the dribble as he constantly did. Yeah. Nothing, yeah. yeah nothing wrong with either any of those picks. I don't think. No. no. I do like Liam's Kevin Durant pick, though. The appreciate it. Good pick. I think it's pretty open this year. I think so too. It could, yeah, it could be. I was, I was between Durant and Embiid, just, um, but I just don't trust Embiid to stay healthy and long enough to be in the running to win it. I think last year taught us it was more open than we thought mm-hmm. going into this season. Yeah, I was gonna say. Speaking on that, none of us, none of us went with a repeat winner. We didn't have no one, no one thought about Jokic winning it. I, I thought so. A, like it could be possible, but I'm thinking it's somebody else. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. I don't think it's out of the question, but I would think it's unlikely. But still love Jokic. Right. So we'll talk about who we think wins Rookie of the Year. Who will be the fresh-faced rookie taking on the league at a young age and making a name for themselves? I think it's Cade Cunningham. I think that. It's the fact that he's going to be the guy right away. You know, they trust him. He's probably going to be their main floor general. Uh, He'll probably be their number one option scoring as well already. I think that he's got a lot of help that a a bunch of guys around him that are going to make him better, like Jeremy Grant specifically. I think those two playing with each other are going to be really good. Sadiq Bey, they're pretty, I mean, they're a big team. You know, Sadiq Bey could be playing the two. He's what, 6'8"? 
six 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 seven, I think. Okay, he could be six. Actually, I'm not sure. I I just think that he's got the 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 young pieces around him, uh, to to just do it. And if they're anywhere close to sniffing a play in, I think that I think it's his award to lose. I mean, I I thought about picking Jalen Green. I just think Cade will control. I think the Pistons are going to have a better record than the Rockets, and that matters in the voting. So I think that I'm going with Cade to win it, and he'll give Pistons fans just that that glimmer of hope that yeah. they can win that they can win the title. So that's I, that's my pick. I got Cade. Yeah, when I was thinking about, it, I was trying to find reasons not to pick Cade. Right. Yeah, and I just kept coming back to him. So I'm going to go with Cade too, just because, like you said, I think they're going to be. I don't think they're a playing team, but I think like halfway through the season they might go on a little run. They might be frisky around the playing, and then I think that they're going to they'll takes, go for it. Yeah, and, and he's gonna. Um, in college, he was the the best player in 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 the clutch, uh, scoring wise. So if they play any close games, he's gonna be the one with the ball in um, a lot of situations. He has a chance for a lot of big moments of people to for to remember it, when voting and things like that. And I just like his attitude compared to someone like Jalen Green. I know Jalen Green's focused just on being better than Cade, but I think. Cade's attitude is um, more team-centered, and I think that'll uh, help him out. I think Jalen Green will press a little bit more, um, just trying to get, like, focusing more on, on winning that award and being better than Cade than winning games, and I think that Cade is going to be a better winner right away. than Not that Jalen can't figure it out. I think that Jalen's going to be a great player, and I just don't the, – the way that Cade acts in, um, in the summer league, too, didn't show much for me not to uh, – his defense was good in the summer league too. He's a versatile defender, so he didn't really let Jalen Green get his game off against him. Yeah, no. a lot of it was with Cade on the bench. Yeah, most of the points that Green scored when they was two played, and I don't put too much stock in one game, but like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, when when Green when Cunningham was on him, he uh he shut him down a little bit. Yeah, I have Cade too. Um, I think it's just an easy pick. Um, I like Liam. I looked for reasons to pick against Cade, and there really aren't many. Everything is set up for him to succeed. He's going to be the guy with the ball when it matters. I don't know. You can't. I don't know if you can say the same for Jalen Green yet. They do have KPJ there, who could end up with the ball. Or Christian Wood, if you want a shot in the post. Like, there's a couple more options, but ninety nine percent of the time, if I was a coach, I'd give the ball to Caden the clutch. I would be surprised if it's anyone other than those two. Yeah, I just think that Mobley and Suggs are just in situations that are a little bit worse. Yeah. Then. I mean, you never know someone could come out and surprise people. Scotty Barnes, I think, is a good sleeper in Toronto mm-hmm. just because he's yeah. going to get time. Yeah, he'll get playing time. I just don't know how efficient he's going to be offensively. Yeah. It would be hard to pick anyone other than Cade or Green. I agree with you. I think the Cavs have such a weirdly constructed roster. That's such a weird It's very strange. I don't see how this is. It'll be. I'm interested to see how they do that. <laughs> I don't see how it's going to. Work. play out because there's only two four and five spots and i really don't love mobley at the four with Jarrett allen i really just don't think that makes a whole lot of sense i mean i know mobley is going to stretch out and play the four and 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 be able to shoot a lot right but do you want that consistently for like the most of the game do you want him being out there is that his strength are you are you playing him to his best potential out there i don't think so i think he's best i i guess in the meantime, because Mobley's still pretty skinny and kind of small. So, I mean, if you probably don't want him bruising down low because he's probably going to get beat in that way. But, yeah, I, I, I'm I glad we all went with Cade. I think it just makes too much sense. Um, So, six man of the year. Uh, I think a lot of these awards are wide open. It's going to be hard to tell. I, think I so, too. I went with Derrick Rose. Right. Yeah, it is. I went with I went with Derrick Rose. And... I think that if he continues to do what he did in the like what he did in the playoffs last year, he was their probably best player, I think, in that series. And if and if he's still going, if he's still scoring, contributing to the way that he's been playing in New York, I think that it would be hard for anyone else to win it. I, I was kinda happy I saw Kevin Herter on there. Um but I I don't know. I think that the Hawks have a couple of wings that are gonna play a lot, so I don't know if he'll win it. I think Rose, just Derek Rose, he's become a good shooter. Like not just like a respectable shooter, but he's go- he's good out there. He can really knock down shots, and he can run the offense. You know, at this point in his career, he's just he's tough to beat. Still, I think he's really adjusted his game from what it used to be before the injuries. Um, and I think that with the lack of scoring from the one spot, I know Kemba's there now, but I think that Derek Rose will probably just end up being a better player. So that's I that's why I've got Derek Rose there at the six man spot. My head 
was with Clarkson just because since Lou Will and like Eric Bledsoe have become not major six man contenders and they kind of dominated that award for a while, Clarkson kind of seems to be the one that's stepping up into that role as um who's going to be carrying the torch for best six man because he's he's done it for a couple of years. He's on one of the better teams in the league. His role is carved out. He knows exactly what he's doing. But I went with Halliburton just because he's probably one of my favorite players in the league, and I think that. Um, I think he could have been six man or most improved for me, one of those two. So I went with six man. Um, and there's a chance he even starts, so I don't know how accurate that'll be. But I love his game. Um his just he's one of the smartest players smartest young players in the league. He knows exactly where to be, he makes the right pass all the time. Um, he picks his spots when to shoot. And there's not many he's a good defender, there's not many holes in his game. So I think that um if the Kings find lightning in a bottle this year, um, he might be the one that people talk about as the X Factor, so Voters might like that. Big Tyrese guy. I thought the Pistons should have gotten him last year, but I wasn't upset with the Killian pick. I'm going with Tyler Hero for the sixth man of the year. Um, Betting-wise, he's not a bad pick, like, if you want good money. Um, But regardless, Hero just seems like he's ready for a big season. Um, He hasn't been... He he was he had sky high expectations last year. Mm-hmm. Like regardless of how he performed, I didn't think he was going to meet them because he was expected to be like an all star level player. I didn't see that. <laughs> so would you trade James Harden for him? Would you trade for James Miami, Harden and give up Hero? He Twitter has to be the most annoying. Would you Twitter give up he, Twitter is probably? Would you give up nineteen eighty eight Michael Jordan? <laughs> would you give up Hero for him? No, no. Oh. Yeah, they yeah the the expectations put on him after that bubble run. Were, were sky high and I didn't, a little I, a little much for him to meet. Like I didn't think he was gonna meet them regardless of what happened, but now they're so tempered that he's not even a starter. So he's in a pretty comfortable role. He's in a very comfortable role as the sixth man, though. He's gonna get good minutes. He's gonna get valuable minutes, and he will be playing when the game's on the line. Because yeah, he could be a closer. I don't know. He's, he's not gonna start, valuable. but he can close games out. Yeah. Uh, so, if he's playing well, I like Hero for six man. I like that too. I think that's I think that's definitely possible. I think any of those are possible, really, just because I think of it's just there's just it's so there's open. no clear there's no clear front runner as of right now at least. Um, so we'll move on. Defensive Player of the Year. I wanted to go with Rudy Gobert again because I think it's going to just be hard for him to not win it unless he gets hurt. But I instead went with Draymond Green because before last season, I thought that Draymond Green's career was starting to be in its decline a little bit. Um, He looked a little bit slow the year before, wasn't as good on that end. But then this year when it was just him and Steph, it it he took his game up another level. And I mean, he's always been a tremendous defender. We've always known that. But I think that he got back to that level that he was at a couple years ago um, as a defender. And I think that uh, I think he's going to do it again. Yeah. I love Draymond. He's one of the best um, just at getting teammates where they need to be and what they need to do on defense. Uh, I had Bam um, and I just went with my gut because I just, this is what I thought he would be last year. Like Mm -hmm. I said earlier. So I think uh, if that if that team uh, pops again, defensively, um, he, like like you said, a, a Draymond role. I think that he could, obviously not to the level that Draymond has been in his career, but mm-hmm. I think that um, they have a lot more pieces on defense that could make him look a lot better if that makes any sense mm-hmm. than the Warriors do right now. So I like Bam in that in that uh, role. He can protect the rim. Um, he's athletic enough to uh, defend the pick and roll on the perimeter. So um, I'm not extremely confident with this one, but I think that he, regardless, I think he's going to have a good year on the defensive end. There's a pretty group of usual suspects with Defensive Player of the Year. It'll probably be like Gobert, Draymond, Ben Miles Simmons. Turner. Turner. Gobert, Miles Draymond, Miles Turner, AD, and Giannis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you got? I have Drew Holiday. Ooh, I like that one. I think he's in line for a more focused on season. Now <laughs> that the Bucks are oh, very defending true. champions, he'll have more media attention. He'll have more eyes. And I think he played phenomenally in the playoffs defensively. So he did. If he just carries that performance over, he will be in line for some kind of recognition. Hopefully. Yeah, he should Deploy. be. He's the best. He's the best perimeter defender in the NBA yeah. right now, in my mm-hmm. opinion, just based off that last playoff run yeah. in the finals and everything. Also made one of the better defensive plays that um, we've seen in the finals in recent years too. So yeah, that's a good. That's a good one. Very true. 
I think people, you can look at the big scoring numbers for Trey Young in the Eastern Conference Finals, but Drew Holiday did give him a lot of problems. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was uh, was living hell for whoever, whoever he was, whoever. Paul or Booker when he was on them. Yeah. That could, that could be very true. The magnifying glass is on the Bucks now, and people are paying attention. So I think that's a good one. Uh, so coach of the year, I went with Tyron Lue. My thought process is if the if they if he can get the Clippers to like a top five seed in the West without Kawhi, he'll get that recognition. I've always been a big Tyron Lue guy. Um, I think I think that he basically made Rudy Gobert, who was the defensive player of the year last year, I think he made him obsolete by playing that small ball. I think he's a really underrated. I think he's a really disrespected coach. Uh, I think that people kind of have put that label on him that he's just a guy who got carried by LeBron, but I think that's not the case at all. I think he really knows the game inside and out, the rotations, the late game decisions that he makes have won the Clippers a lot of games. And I think that now with Kawhi being out, he's got probably one of the bigger challenges of his career. And I think that he's going to cash in on it. I think Paul, him and Paul George are going to work together. They know what's at stake. They know that Things are tough in L.A. right now the last couple of years, but I think he's going to get it done. That's why he's my pick. Yeah, I like Ty Lue. I'm a big Ty Lue fan. I have uh, Monty Williams just because I think the Suns will be uh, back in contention, and he, I think he should have won it last year. Um, Agreed. He's one of the most respected just people around the entire league. Tim's overrated. Yeah. <laughs> he's one of just most respected people regardless of position in the league, and I think that um, that plus the fact the team's going to be good, that they should be. And the fact that he was slighted a little bit last year and a lot of players and coaches came out and said that they thought that he was slighted a little bit. I think that will be a reason that he could win it this year. I have James Borrego to go with my Ooh. Hornets pick. I think that the Hornets are going to be a good team, very underrated, and that James Borrego will win coach of the year because of it. Um, he's He made very good decisions last year. The Hornets were almost a play-in team. And missing your best player for, what, three, was it three months, I think? Mm-hmm. Something like Three-ish that. Three-ish months he was out. Yeah, missing your best player for that long, but still remaining, like, hanging around. Was, they were still in the plan. They were still in the plan. Weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. They played the first game yeah, they against the kinda, Pacers. Yeah, they got kind of killed. But yeah, but they like, still were in with that. Yeah, they made the plan. Regardless, the fact that he kept them that roster around mm-hmm. – when LaMelo was out, because LaMelo elevated that roster so much, I think was extremely impressive. And they're in line for a big year this year, the Hornets. I 100% agree with that. I, I, I love James Borrego. I think he's great. I think their roster is, I think their roster's a little bit better now, but yes. I still think that it's going to help. It's going to be beneficial. If they can get into the playoffs at a pretty decent seed, like where you have them, I think that Five. he should be... I think he should be. I think at the five seed, he very, should definitely be I think he, a front runner for coach of the year. I, I think he should be very prominent in that conversation. Yeah. So our final award, uh, before we go to finals predictions, we've got most improved player. I've got Kevin Porter Jr. and I think that it's going to be because there's a world of opportunity in Houston for him to play. I think he and Jalen Green can play really well off of each other. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr. is a guy who I think he's found a nice home in Houston. Uh, he's super talented. Uh, I think Silas, despite that you know what they have going on in Houston I think he's a pretty good coach and I think he's one of those guys who can relate to the younger players and he's probably going to get the most out of Kevin Porter Jr. that he can he can score the ball he's just a tremendous player he had that 50 point game last year I know that was late April and at that point it was the season was pretty much done for them and they were just letting guys do what they do but I think that he's going to have a focus this is year three for him I think right yeah he was a 2019 draft pick um and I think he's just gonna he's gonna propel himself into one of the better players in the league. Even just the fact that he can score the ball like that. Yeah, I have also had Kevin Porter. I don't have much to add. You hit on what I was gonna say, but um, yeah, like the even though the season was basically over, it, you still don't score fifty points in an NBA game. Like that's um in a second crazy, year. Yeah, it's an impressive feat. And and the game was close too. It wasn't like there were random buckets. Like he was closing the game out for him and. Uh, really running that offense in um, in Houston. So, yeah, I agree with what you said. I have Kevin Porter, too. I have Jaron Jackson Jr. I think, like we talked about earlier, losing Jonas Valanciunas will help him, and he's in line for a big year. I think him and Ja are both going to have good seasons. I have the Grizzlies 8th seed, but I think 
they're going to outperform that. They'd probably be at like a five in the East. Um, but I think Jaron Jackson, especially with the way he can shoot, is in line for a bigger season. Maybe double double, twenty and ten. It's very possible. He's 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 good, and and a healthy season I think will get him to that. I mean, the rebounding is is he's it's gonna have to play a little bit different to uh he's gonna have to change his play style a little bit to get to ten rebounds. But I don't disagree that he's gonna have a big year. This is his third year. Hopefully he can stay healthy, and I think he's gonna be really good. All right, so we've come to the home stretch. We're going to close out by who we think is taking home the Larry O'Brien. Mine's pretty simple. I've got Brooklyn. I think if those guys are healthy, that's a that's a really tough team to beat. I mean, obviously, you have your guys of, of KD, Kyrie, if he can play, and James Harden, all healthy. It's just almost impossible to stop all those guys on the floor. Uh, I've got them winning it over the Nuggets. Um, I just didn't want to say Lakers. I didn't want to. I didn't want to have chalk and have just the Lakers come out because I don't know. I think it would be fun to watch LeBron and KD go back at it in the finals, especially with each of them having each other's uh, their their partner. Instead of KD and Westbrook versus Kyrie and LeBron, it's KD and Kyrie versus <laughs> Westbrook and yeah. LeBron. So they've swapped those guys, and I think that would be fun to watch. I think Jokic, as we said, like. We didn't pick him as an MVP, but I think he's going to turn his game up another level. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think that Nuggets <laughs> roster is tough to stop, too, uh, especially if Michael Porter Jr. takes another leap. I just think that the Nets are just going to be way too tough to, for, for anyone to stop. And not only just that you have those guys, you also have Blake Griffin, who played well, Joe Harris, who we could see be a better shooter than he was in that Bucks series. They added Patty Mills. I'm a big Patty Mills guy. Nick Claxton who James Harden said is like Clint Capella, but a little bit more skilled on the offensive end. So that's, <laughs> so that's, that's something that's a, that's high praise. That's a high compliment. That's high right praise. There. So they're just tough to beat top to bottom. I think that the Nets can win it all. I have Kevin Durant being the finals MVP, just cause he's going to be the guy to close out the games. He's going to have the big scoring numbers and everything. And I think it's, it'd be hard for me to see anyone other than Brooklyn winning the title this year. Yeah. I have, I hate to do it, but I, I have Brooklyn over Utah though. Mm. Um, just because, well, again, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to, I didn't want chalk again. Mm -hmm. And I think that like for not much more to be said about the Nets, you already hit it all. They're just it, like completely healthy. So good. I just don't, there, I don't, there's not a team beating them in seven games. If all three of those guys are healthy, there's just no way. A team on defense is like, Oh, Kyrie, we just got scored on by Kyrie a lot. Oh no. Oh, now oh, Patty oh, Mills oh. is going to come in the game and shoot the lights out. Yeah. So yeah. it's like. And it doesn't you matter. Do? You're not stuck. If if KD's on, it doesn't matter what you yeah. do. He's still gonna get his. And I have Utah coming out of the West just because um, Donovan Mitchell has proven to be a great playoff player. And I think that um, if they can just figure out um, how to make Gobert just um, a quarter of of how productive he is in the regular season in the playoffs, that that's um, if he can transfer that defense um, into the playoffs, that's um, and I, I think Quinn Snyder's a good enough coach that he can might be able to figure something out. And there's a really, really deep team, one of the best shooting teams in the NBA, but I don't think they'd have enough for um, the Nets. And I have KD just because I don't know who else would be the one. I mean, I know there's three of them, but, like, it's just it's KD. And I don't, I'm just super, super high on KD these days. Um, and I just feel like if he wins MVP and finals MVP, like I have Twitter's going to be super annoying with LeBron and KD fans again. Mm. So I'm here for that. I think that if it was, like, a last second game situation with the Nets, I I don't think you go wrong with having the ball in Kevin Durant's hands or Kyrie's hands or James Harden's hands. I think that Oh yeah, you it really I think that you are probably getting a good shot either way. hundred percent. So that's that's it's absurd. It's ridiculous. Manit, take us home. I'm gonna stay with the chalk. I have Brooklyn, unfortunately. I do think the Warriors can put together a run and make the finals. Um that roster is pretty loaded. I love the addition of the young guys. Those, as the season progresses, those are the guys you want contributing, I'd say, down the line. Um, if they can dip into and be able to trust, they have, who'd they get? They got Kaminga and Franz? Moses Moody. Moses Moody. Moses Moody. If they can trust Kaminga and Moody down the line when it matters, in the playoffs too, to come off the bench, help help out Clay and Curry, like, that's a dangerous pretty loaded roster. Jordan Poole's going to step up and have a big year, I think. He was their number one scorer when it, when it wasn't Curry. So I think with Clay back to take even more attention away from him defensively, he's going to have an even bigger year. Um, but I think the Nets beat the Warriors in five. 
well, I like that. I think with if it's the Warriors, um, a big, uh, I think a big wild card with that would be uh, James James Wiseman. Yeah. Oh yeah. To see what he does coming off an injury, kind of not the best rookie season, but I think that he could figure it out. He's just super talented. He's got Draymond there to help him defensively. Um, and I think if 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 it's Kuminga and Moody, I think it's Moody if they're going with somebody down the stretch. I just think that he's ready for that right now. Kuminga probably will be eventually, just because he's got so much he's talent. Got so much talent. He's so good. I think Moody's gonna have a better rookie year. Kuminga might have a better career, but I think Moody's gonna have a really good rookie year. Yeah, if it comes to like this season in the playoffs, I think that if you're playing one of those guys, you probably go with Moody just because he's a little yeah. bit he's a little bit more technically sound than I think Kuminga. But I agree with you, the ceiling for Kuminga is higher. All right, we will get out of here. We are super excited for basketball to get started. We're gonna get back on a regular schedule. Uh, putting out more episodes for you guys. So appreciate everyone listening. Um, uh, For Manit Patel and Liam Jackson, I am Carter Landis. Thank you guys for listening and have a great day. Courtside Convo, a production of Impact 89 FM. Our thanks to Impact's general manager, Jeremy Whiting, station manager, Amber Kinutsky, and programming director, McKenna Lowndes. Tune in next time for more updates on NBA basketball 